This week, I talk about a haunted house in Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Seriously, there's not that many. And sadly, there may be one less. Good we cover it now. I find it quite shocking. I'm not huge into Burlington haunts. You don't hear too many of them. I know there's some spots, some uh, out-of-the-ordinary historical buildings. Uh, One of the haunted ones is the Joseph Brandt Museum. But the thing is, with even that, that's a replica. So the original house, long gone, they built the replica as a museum dedicated to Joseph Brandt, which if you don't know who he is, look him up. Uh, was a native, uh, quote-unquote, warrior Uh, fought during the American Revolution, was a British loyalist, and he had uh, British roots, so it was connected to the natives and the British, Um, you know, very well known, fought alongside the the Butler family during the Revolution, so yeah, look, uh, Brantford is named after him, Uh, originally he had settled in Burlington, but uh, Burlington wasn't too happy having a famous native on their lands. I won't get too much into that. But at one point, they dug him up. They moved his body. This is going back to the 1800s, by the way. This is not modern times. They moved his body to the uh, area uh, that is now Brantford, that region known as Brant, uh, named after him. So that's one, uh, quote-unquote, historic house. Uh, Ireland House is another one that's Seems to have some interesting activity, ghostly activity to it. There's an area in the downtown core that's now made up of old houses. They turned them into restaurants and pubs and such. Uh, And there's um, uh, Dickens, I think, is one of the restaurants there that has reported ghost stories. So there's some stuff there. And the one that just kind of seemed to tower over all the rest in the world of the paranormal, I think one of the main reasons is, I believe, Creepy Canada the infamous Canadian ghost show actually covered this place. This was Emma's Back Porch. So obviously, if you read the title of the podcast I'm doing, this is the building I'm going to talk about. I've always wanted to do a deep dive on it. I always knew that there was something about this place. You know, it has a very cool history. Uh, The main ghost of it is Emma herself, who's connected directly to that history. You know, I'm a huge fan of that when the, the history and the ghost stories, they... They, they, they merge with each other. They, they coincide. So when I heard that, I was very excited uh, to go visit. I actually went to Emma's back porch to the restaurant before it was closed down. I believe it closed down during COVID uh, 2020, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the food was okay. It was decent. And I was there during it was a still light outside. Beautiful view of the lake. I mean, if you, if you were to sit on the patio, you'd have the lake directly beside you lake ontario so it was it was a nice experience nothing ghostly really happened of course it was quite packed which surprises me why it it closed down i mean they seem to be pretty popular but then looking into the history of it knowing that the house itself was historic uh, it got me thinking so there are have been updates the place is currently closed down and abandoned Uh, some controversy happening at least in my own mind which i'll talk about during this episode so i said let's this week we'll dive in just one location see how far this gets us uh, known as emma's back porch 
in the city of Burlington. Now, that'd be cool to kick it off. There was a uh, essay article written by a fellow named Ron Wolf. Uh, didn't didn't recognize his name offhand, but he is an author. Uh, he has a book on Amazon, which is called Things That Go Bump in a Canadian Night, uh, written 2014, uh, named Ron Wolf. Definitely go check that out. So he had written an essay called The Tale of Two Restaurants. And I think it's a good, like, just an overview, and then we can dive a bit deeper into it. He says, uh, Haunted stories, tales, or events, call them what you will, but this particular story really started way back in the 1800s. British loyalists Emma and George Byron came to this new land called Canada. They opened a restaurant in 1902 it was called uh, Estanamine, which is obviously French, and I'm sorry I just brutalized it as I normally do, uh, but basically means it's a, a bistro or cafe, so right on the nose. So they opened it up, uh, although the history of the restaurant is extremely rare, which I assume means that you won't find too much information, uh, few and far between, is what Ron Wolf says. Uh, he then refers over to a couple of uh, investigators and uh, tour guides, Patrick Cross and Michelle DeRosier. I actually have, I, I knew Patrick. I haven't talked to him in a very long time. Uh, he was, it was an interesting character and definitely knew his stuff when it came to Burlington haunted locations. Uh, so uh, the website burlingtonghostwalks.ca is still up. I don't know if they do tours anymore, but uh, there's definitely some good information on there. Uh, so Ron jumped out and he pulled some information. Uh, first off, it says, in 1943, Emma celebrated her 70th birthday at Estenomine. Uh, Emma ran the well-known establishment until it was then sold. It has since changed hands several times up to 1994 when it became known as Emma's Back Porch. Of course, Emma named after Emma Byron. Uh, it's the longest-running restaurant in Ontario. Actually, I don't know about that. Uh, let me let me see if that's true. Okay, I didn't need much time for that. That is, uh, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> not not even close. I, I kind of even knew as well the Angel Inn in Niagara on the lake where we do the tour. I know for a fact that that one has been technically a, uh, well, they call it a tavern, but it was a restaurant as well since uh, 1815 or 1816. This was after the war. Uh, before the war of 1812, it was the Harmonious Coach House. So going back to the 1700s, uh, Emma's Back Porch or Emma's Restaurant, Estinamine, uh, was only since the early 1900s. So that is an incorrect statement. It uh, makes me wonder... I assume the rest is is true, but even just to do do a quick Google search, and you'll see that uh, some of the ones that pop up, there's many claiming to be the oldest one in uh, Ontario or Southern Ontario. Uh, the Baden Hotel uh, pops up here at the very top. I don't know if they're they say 1874, but then there's this uh, uh, pub in Toronto that says it's been there since 1833. Uh, Angel Inn still older than those, so uh, I think everybody's trying to claim it for marketing reasons that they are the oldest. Anyway, let's continue. Uh, Ron states, but not all tales or stories have good times. 
and this one of forgotten lore is no exception. It seems the Byrons had five children, two of which passed into the great beyond at an early age. Uh, just so, yeah, it was common uh, diseases and whatnot. Uh, children didn't have a built-up immune system, so that's interesting, yeah, because they say, you know how they say uh, people live to an older age today? If you compare it to the past, this isn't fully true. Uh, if you've heard this, uh, because of the in, in insane number of children who are dying from diseases back then before vaccines and such came in, uh, because there was so many deaths at a young age when they averaged out the uh, older folks, like what age people were living to, it came to a lower number. So to state that people live to a higher age today because of medical science is not 100% true. Uh, but it is true in many, many other cases. So a couple of them passed away at a young age. Uh, Robert, one of them was Robert. He died when he was six years old while playing near water. He slipped on some rocks. And I guess they had a daughter named Sahara. Uh, died at the age of four from pneumonia. Perhaps it is these children going to be seen and heard this very day in the restaurant. Uh, he continues on talking about a man named Mike Crooks. Now, Crooks actually is a, uh, I don't know if there's any relation here, is a well-known name in the history of our region, like Hamilton, Burlington, uh, Brantford, etc. Uh, Crooks, it was one of the pioneer families back in the day. If anybody knows Darnley Mill, if you want to look that up, uh, I believe it was Crooks who owned that. He's also, uh, that family's connected with many other things in the, the history of Ontario. Anyway, Mike Crooks, he was a manager of Emma's Back's Porch, uh, for about eight years, he retold a story which seems to back up the information that the children are haunting the restaurant. They're thinking that it might be the boy, Robert. Now, before Crooks arrived as a manager, uh, Fred, not the real name, I guess it was hidden to protect the innocent. He was hired as a dishwasher. In 1994, uh, Fred went downstairs to get ice cream from an old walk-in freezer. He came up the stairs and left I guess he, I assume he dropped off the ice cream first and went home. Uh, he only worked for one hour. The reason for his early departure was that he saw a child sitting downstairs. Now, when Fred went to see if the child was okay, his hand went right through him. So this is Mike Crooks, the manager, sharing this story. Now, you see the, the, the children ghosts of haunted places just uh, constantly hearing these stories and some of them i mean there's nothing creepier than hearing a little kid laughing somewhere in a building when you know that that space is empty and that that just freaks me right out but uh yeah you see here the stories of seeing kids like in the old custom house in hamilton seeing kids sitting on the stairs some in the basement i guess there's a place the basements and attics base places where they can get away from their parents and you know, get up to mischief. So yeah, a lot of the stories you'll hear from basements and attics when it comes to children. Now, Mike Crooks, not just a manager, but he's also a researcher. Uh, he researched into a particular story uh, about the uh, the dishwasher, looked into it, uh, did an interview, probably wanted to find out why he only left after only working one hour. <laughs> it's just an excuse, like, as he knew the place was haunted. It's like, ah, I just don't feel like working today. Oh, ghost scared me, and I ran away. So, yeah, this is where uh, Patrick Cross comes back into the situation. 
They say uh, Patrick investigated uh, the legend for well over a year, and there's uh, more information to be found as time goes by. Across, uh, so Ron Wolf, he, he did the article but couldn't get a hold of Patrick. But and I, I know Patrick kind of uh, disappeared. Not not like a ghost, but he just he just kind of stopped doing things. And a woman named Michelle uh, De Roche, uh, she she um, took over, and uh, so she was the one that was giving the most of the information. I don't know what was going on behind the scenes in regards to that, but she did actually answer Ron about Emma's, uh, saying, "quote Emma spent a lot of time greeting people on the stairs." Uh, so it was the fourth step on the stairs uh, where Emma died. So it states that some people would feel sick on the unlucky step. Others feel a little push. One true and unfortunate episode happened on the very step. An elderly woman felt that she was pushed on that step, causing her to fall, causing internal bleeding, and she perished a week later. I don't know. What do you guys think? Ah, see, I'm always so hesitant with stories like that. They're just kind of over the top. If somebody was pushed on a step by an invisible hand and then they died, I mean, wouldn't there be an inquiry? Like, this this could very well be ghost murder. <laughs> so I'm so hesitant when I hear stuff like that. And how do we know? Did it, maybe, maybe some of the research I made is going to confirm this, but how do we know that Emma died on that step? Like, what happened to her? I guess maybe she had a heart attack or something. Come down the stairs of her house. I don't know. Uh, DeRosier uh, continues on her own episode. Uh, she was giving a tour at Emma's back porch. She says she stopped in the washroom while the tour ventured on. Uh, quote, I could hear footsteps coming, but I couldn't hear anything after that. I could hear this door close, and I raced out of the bathroom. I opened the door because they would have been in the main part of the foyer, meaning the tour group. There would have been no way they would have gone that fast. There was nobody there at all. Ron continues, when it comes to those that bump in the paranormal, there are untold theories on spirits. But one theory most people seem to agree on, quote, time is completely irrelevant. The cycle, the moon, the earth, all that, they're energy-based, Some, not so much, not so much time-based. So, you know, I think she, what she means there, I, I've read the quote over a few times, and I think what she means is that she's actually, I, I was originally saying, wait a minute, are you saying that the cycle of the moon and all that's around? No, I think she's saying that uh, time is outside of things related to energy, and I do 100% agree with that. So I'm, I'm completely on board, because the cycle of the moon, uh, the time of year, such as around Halloween... Uh, the Earth's rotation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anything based on energy that can raise and lower uh, energy in the moment, even within your own life, you can feel this. I mean, there's times in your life that you're feeling uh, calm and confident. You're more relaxed. Things around you seem to be going well. And then there's other times that the energy just kind of flares up. I, I, I mean, I have these times in my own life, too. And I always say to my wife, I was like, uh, you know, the energy's strange today. But uh, the best thing you can do is just kind of like roll with it. Just accept that. Because the minute you start identifying with it and start thinking of all the terrible things that might happen, uh, the world's gotcha. 
you know, it's 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 just got his claws in you. It's like going to tear you apart. The old uh, survival of the fittest. If you uh, roll with the punches and you're strong in those moments, knowing that that situation will eventually pass and things will go back to being calm again, that your life will feel on track again. You know, just like you say, you're learning something new, you're trying to master something, and there's times when you feel like you're going in the wrong direction. Uh, this is all very normal. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, you don't, you don't take those moments personally. You just look at it, try and get the lesson from it. No, there's a lesson from it. If the moments in your life where things are challenging, there's lessons in there. And if you come out on the other side without being overly affected, you learn your lesson, you're going to be a much stronger person in the end. Anyway, I'm getting way off topic there, but just know, yeah, energies uh, affect also the paranormal. So at certain times of year, like October 27th, 2023, when we were at the Hermitage, it was a full moon, clear night, warm weather, uh, awesome wind coming through the forest. That was different. And lots of things occurred because the energy was just right. So anyway, I agree with her. Uh, there's this uh, quote, uh, claim here that some of the famous historical figures who have visited Emma's back porch, the building over the years, are Ella Fitzgerald, Liberace, uh, former prime ministers such as John Diefenbaker and Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Uh, rumors that Queen Elizabeth visited the restaurant in the 1940s. Uh, this was before she became the queen which happened in 1952. If anybody's interested, don't ask how I know that. Another incident includes that of an old industrial salad spinner. It takes two adults to <laughs> spin this spinner. You want to make sure the salad's done right. And at times it can be seen spinning by itself, even though it takes two. Said so Ron says, lastly, just a few weeks ago, uh, this article was written, where's the date, where's the date? There is no date. All right, I'll have to try and figure out if there's a date. Oh my God, I just spent a bunch of time trying to find the date. There's no, there's no date. It's weird. I just, uh, you just like scroll to the bottom here. Because there's a bunch of articles. It's like a collection of uh, Ronald Wood's articles of different locations. Uh, Emma's back porch being at the very top of it. And there's, there's no date. So I, I assume it's before the place closed. Place closed in 2020. I assume it's before COVID as well. There would have been a mention of that. So prior to 2020, let's just say that. So he said a few weeks ago, uh, another incident happened in the basement of the restaurant, a.k.a. they call it, quote unquote, the dungeon. Uh, cleaning junk from the basement at the end of the night, one of the managers and uh, bartenders, they heard some freaky noises, uh, glasses, shaking, static sounds, pounding sounds on the walls and floors. And the girls were finishing their shifts, meaning the workers. They'd be the first to make light of what other might have seen or heard. They were both adamant about what they both heard, enough to freak them out. But they still uh, refuse the, to, to go downstairs. And this is all coming from Mike Crooks, the manager who definitely believes in the ghosts. So yeah, no, an interesting article here by Ronald Wolf gives a... An overview of the building itself. So the building has quite a history. I wanted to do a little bit more of a deep dive because you understand the history of a house. You understand the energy that surrounds it. That we already know about George and Emma Byron's. They were the ones who started the. Uh, hold on a sec. Estaminet. 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 
Estamine. Estamine. The Estamine restaurant on the site back in the early 1900s. But it wasn't just them. I mean, there was uh, some energy of the space. Uh, the house itself looks like it dates back to the 1800s. So in 1870, Andrew Gage sold the property to William Kearns. Uh, Kearns went on to be elected to the provincial legislator. So he was a politician. He represented Halton, which is where Burlington is located. And in 1915, Kearns sold his holdings to Harold Lazier. Now, under the ownership of Lazier, George and Emma Byrons opened the Estamine huh, Standard Hotel on the property. So it looks like they didn't actually own the house. It looks like they were renting from Harold Lazier. And by the way, the information I am gleaming here is from Heritage Burlington, heritageburlington.ca. So it's believed that the Estamine was adapted from Andrew Gage's home, made one of Burlington's oldest buildings. Now, the Estamine Hotel featured Georgian area and architecture. The house is still featuring that today. That's three-bay front frame structure. Now, the Byron's restaurant initially opened with a mere four tables. It quickly grew into a bustling enterprise. Around 1930, Emma Byron's purchased the property, so she did end up owning it. That's actually really good to know. So it seems like there's some confusion because originally it was talked about her opening the restaurant in 1902. I believe that's what the uh, article that I read mentioned at the beginning. Uh, no, no. It looks like it wasn't until 1915 that Lazier took it over. And it was sometime during Lazier's ownership that the Byrons finally come in. And 15 years after he purchased it, Harold did, uh, that's when Emma purchased the property. Interesting note is Emma bought it was uh, George. Let's see if George was dead by that time. He wasn't. Actually, George, uh, according to this one article, uh, George just died in 1938. So maybe he was sick. Uh, maybe Emma, this was her venture. Either way, uh, Emma did own in 1930, according to Heritage Burlington, which I do trust. Uh, the, the address is 2084 Old Lakeshore Road. Uh, and then it was called Water Street, hence one of the restaurants was also known as Water Street. So purchased it from Lazier, uh, which she retained ownership until her own retirement in 1952. Emma Byron sold the hotel to Reginald Cooper, which is an amazing name, uh, following her retirement. And Cooper continued to operate the eatery until 1963. And just uh, quickly wrapping this up, in 1963, Cooper sold the restaurant to his son, Brian, who continued the operation uh, under the Estimant name. Sorry, one sec. Estaminé. Estaminé name, uh, billed it as, uh, quote, Canada's House of Hospitality. It's good, good marketing. The Estaminé hosted such guests as, oh, here's more famous names, uh, Louis Saint Laurent. Does, do you guys know who that is? Okay, he's a prime minister. <laughs> I suck. I suck. Anyway, it looks like a couple prime. We already mentioned John Diefenbaker, but also Lester B. Pearson. Yeah, like Pearson Airport, Toronto. Uh, just say, so yeah, he's a he was a former Hamiltonian from Hamilton. I know where he, the house he grew up in is. Uh, Barbara Ann Scott, 
who was a figure skater back in the uh, uh, 1940s Olympics. That's not the uh, the Nazi one. That's the the one a couple times after it. Uh, Louis Armstrong, the the trumpet player, Jackie Robinson, the baseball player, Mickey Mantle, also the baseball player, and Liberace. Uh, it's something to do with balls, but not baseball. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. You, you got to know me by now when you listen to this show. Liberace, an amazing singer. So uh, it had functioned as a restaurant continuously since the, the Emma Byrons originally bought it. The Estenamine continues as such today. This has since been updated. That is not true as of 2020. Uh, renamed the Water Street Cookery and uh, Emma's Back Porch. So later is the commemoration of the original owner, Emma Byrons. So, I mean, it's got some deep history to it. And if it's true that uh, Andrew, Andrew Gage, Andrew Gage's home was worked into the structure from the 1800s, making it supposedly one of the oldest buildings right on the, the harbor front, right on the lake in all of Burlington, you would think, you know, hands down that this place would be not only deemed a historic place, but of course protected as if it was historic. And the reason I say that will become very clear in a moment. But uh, yeah, it is mentioned to be haunted by the children. Uh, it is also a location where Emma is said to haunt it too. They say that she is a floating lady seen in a white dress. Uh, sometimes witnesses also experience moving objects, voices, cold spots, orbs, voices, and toilets that flush by themselves. And much of this has been given over to the two children that I mentioned, uh, Robert and Sahara, and of course Emma, uh, being the main ghosts of that building. And it was so famously known as being haunted that even uh, Creepy Canada featured it. And I remember, if you want to look up that episode... Uh, I might just look it up myself, that uh, Patrick Cross, if you want to see Patrick Cross, who I mentioned a couple times already, uh, he was the guy they interviewed. And again, very nice guy, very, uh, again, strange character. I liked him personally. Uh, wonderful. Like he, he was so dedicated to the paranormal. Uh, he was doing this stuff long before I did. So I've been doing this since 1999. Uh, he was around long before that. I couldn't tell you when he began. But he was one of the, uh, it was him and the Toronto Ghosts and Research Society. Uh, they were the two main ones. Of course, there was the tour at Fort George as well with uh, Kyle Upton. Uh, they were all around when I first started in this field. is going like over 20 years ago. Uh, so he was one of the guys that people always looked to. He was very closely, uh, had a close relationship with the Toronto media companies. So anytime they did like morning shows and whatnot, they would contact Patrick Cross to come in. Uh, he was also one of the guys that uh, was able to do a ghost event, like multiple ghost events at Casa Loma. If you don't know Casa Loma, look it up. This beautiful uh, castle-like mansion in the city of Toronto. I personally don't believe it to be overly haunted because of its limited history, but Patrick tried to go in and find out information. There hasn't been too much posted online of what the evidence was, although I'd love if it was if it was tracked to be able to read about that kind of stuff. But again, very nice guy. Uh, the only thing I would kind of like hold back on is that uh, some of the stuff 
that he was talking about uh, was proven to be incorrect. A couple experiences where we would go through a location and something was definitely deemed as incorrect. But uh, for, for any investigator, you guys know this, you'll make mistakes. I mean, this is the world of the unknown. There's really no beautiful way to prove it as being true to somebody who's not going to believe. So you got to be careful as well how you talk about things. So when you are caught, not caught, let me rephrase that. When you think something is ghostly, but then somebody else comes in after the fact and says, no, I know exactly who that was. That was the voice of such and such. And, you know, I mean, it sounds just like him. There's a, and then the person says back to you, no, that's not true. It is truly a ghostly experience, even though you know for a fact it is not. You know, you got to question whether they're seeing the situation as it is or there's an ulterior motive. And I'm not saying that's the case. Uh, 100% not. Again, I, I really like Patrick Cross. But in the end, I was uh, there was a few things that made me question it. But I still worked with him. And still respected. And a lot of the stuff that he did resolve and came up with was really interesting. And then some of it was quite legit. But there was a few things that made me kind of question. Again, very nice guy. So you look up uh, Creepy Canada episode. Uh, you'll see him. He was featured giving his information about Emma's, which I will assume is definitely the truth. But uh, yeah, no, she, she died in 1959. Uh, she is currently buried in Woodland Cemetery, which I think at one time was technically part of Burlington, but they redid the borderline a bit there. Uh, like Holy Sepulchre Cemetery was once part of Hamilton. That's now Burlington. And Woodland is actually part of Hamilton. So she's not buried in her beloved Burlington anymore. She's buried in, in Hamilton. I don't know if they, they knew that at the time. Want to go visit her? She actually has a very modern gravestone. If you go to findagrave.com the uh, website you'll be able to see what it looks like so what's the update jeez this is where things get a tad bit depressing so emma's back porch in the water street cookery uh it was a mainstay in burlington for many many years and at the beginning of covid because of the shutdowns uh, unfortunately they just I, I i assume things must have been tough before that because if a restaurant's doing amazing, usually they'll have a surplus. They'll be able to survive it. The government did some handouts as well during that time to, to businesses to try and keep them afloat. But didn't work out. Uh, around May of 2020, they made the announcement. Uh, it was on a Facebook post. It says it was a heavy heart that we announced the closing of our doors. Circumstances have prevailed and we cannot move forward. Uh, they continue the last 30 years, I guess the current ownership, have truly been the best. So many memories, friendships, and occasions to be celebrated, too many to count. We sincerely appreciate that you have celebrated all these moments with us. So close down, uh, decreased traffic due to COVID-19. So you think, uh, you know, you close the restaurant for sure. But then you think, okay, this is a historic place. I mean, I'm looking at a photo right now from the 1920s of the uh, Estaminé. Huh? Did I get it? Estaminé. Close. So, yeah, it was, it was there. It did well many years, connected to a house from the 1800s. Wouldn't you think that this would be a historic building? 
I mean, consider this. The city hall in Hamilton was built in the 1970s. It was, it was a mistake. It was built with marble. They didn't think about the Canadian winters. And for some reason, I'll never understand, they actually applied for heritage status. And guess what? It was approved. So when you have like doors open Ontario, they consider Hamilton's 1970s city hall a historic building. It got heritage status. So if that can be a heritage site, shouldn't this be one as well? Are you screaming yes right now? But here's the thing. In a recent article, they tried to get a heritage designation for this the place, for the house. And in the end, it said uh, 2084 Old Lakeshore Road does not meet the qualifications to be designated as a heritage site. To be considered for historical designation, sites must meet at least two of the nine criteria, including design and historical or contextual value. I, I think it meets it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an old building. So why would they not designate it a heritage site and give it the protections as such? Because, and this is just me, like, yeah, I'll leave it up to the conspiracy theories out there, but they want to build condos on the site. So, you know, condos are just insane money right now. Everywhere you look, condos are going up. And I personally don't understand it. I mean, I, I look at some of the condo buildings uh, in the area that I live, for example. There's this area where they just kind of built it recently. So the whole neighborhood didn't exist going about 20 years ago. And all of a sudden, all these condo buildings went up. There's shops. There's restaurants. Uh, they're going to do the same thing at the Hamilton waterfront. And it makes me question, are condos really that popular? I want to hear your your thoughts on this. Uh, go to ghostwalks.com. If you scroll down on the main page, you'll find the podcast page. Come in and comment. That's the best way to get it to 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 give us your thoughts. So I, I just question is like, are these condos actually being purchased? Because you look at these condo buildings, the brand new units that are put in, and the cost that is associated with it, like a brand new building, you get a one bedroom. For $800,000? That's the cost of a detached home in some of the most expensive cities in the United States. You can get a detached home for your family for that same amount or a one-bedroom condo that's not even close to Toronto. Now, I understand you might be saying, oh, those are Toronto. No, I'm not. This is, this is even farther away than Hamilton. And you get a condo that's that much. And then on top of there's a condo fee of about $400 a month. Are people buying these places? I don't get it. Or are they just investments? So like when I walk through that brand new neighborhood I mentioned to you, it's, it seems empty. There's not a lot of people walking in the street. I'm not even from the area. And I just, you know, I go there because it's, it's a nice area by the waterfront. But you know, you're walking along, there's nobody around. The shops seem to be empty. Some of the shops, the restaurants have closed down because there's not enough people coming to. And this is, of course, post-COVID, so everything's back to normal. So I asked the question, is they, these condos, is, are they just investments? The corporations are coming in to buy them out with the hope of renting them later. Uh, rich folks who are just collecting real estate as investments and then just keep it empty, pay the property taxes, they don't care. It's just a drop in the bucket for them. Is that the reason why? So are the condos really a help to the towns and the cities that they're located in? That's a question we can uh, discuss non-related 
sub- ghost subject <laughs> outside of the norm. But uh, yeah, so it wasn't deemed historical, which in my mind, 100% that I think it should have been. And I would love for somebody who helped make this decision to say, what's the reason that a, a building that has its roots in the 1800s would not be deemed historical unless it was just to cut the red tape that would have stopped the condos from going up. Again, that's just a, uh, a guess. It's just my personal opinion. I'm not saying that's the case. I just wonder. It kind of seems weird to me. But uh, yeah, no, I, I really hope historical societies in Burlington come in. I guess I'm doing my part by talking about it, but I mean, this this place should be saved. If not, yeah, I'm just work it into the condo building. You know, somehow make it a, an event space or something for the condo building. I mean, this can be done. And uh, I hope, I really do hope that uh, 2084 Old Lakeshore Road in Burlington does actually get saved just for the fact that it is a haunted building. And maybe we'll get some more stories from it. Anyway, if anybody knows any updates about the building, like what's currently going on with it, again, you can just go into ghostwalks.com to the podcast page for this episode, number 144, and uh, comment. And I would love to hear from you. But that's the show, everyone. If you're enjoying the podcast, support me as always. Uh, Ghost Guy Daniel by leaving a review on Apple, Spotify, Google, however you listen. I'm much appreciated. It keeps me motivated to hear from you guys. Uh, hopefully it's good stuff, but even if it's bad stuff, I want to hear it. it. Helps me be a better, better person. I'll cry for a bit, but eventually I'll get over it and I'll be, I'll be happy for your constructive criticism. <laughs> anyway, thanks. I'll talk to you next week.